Hi there. Welcome to Souls and Hearts Be With the Word. This is our weekly podcast where we reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings uh, from a psychological perspective. And I am Dr. Jerry Crete, a marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here with my co-host. I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited to be with you this week. Uh, we're excited about the readings. This is the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We've got some cool parables to explore today. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we actually have a really interesting message about why it's okay to pray badly. And Dr. Peter's going to explore that and explain what he could possibly mean by that. And we're just looking forward to it. You're not not distancing yourself from it, are you, Dr. Peter? (laughs) Uh, I embrace it. I embrace it. We have to learn how to pray badly. And uh, it needs a little explanation. So please stay with us for that explanation. And and if, by the way... um, it's really good to read or to listen to the readings before you listen to us discuss this. It's not any kind of requirement, of course, but it might be nice. And so if you haven't read it already, you might want to go to our sister podcast, Hear the Word, and we actually just read it to you there. It's all we do. We just read the various readings and the responses, and you can just sit back and take it in and then come back over here and Hear the Word is now on YouTube. It's yeah. been it's been on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those things uh, up till now, and now we are on YouTube, so you can watch us read it to you, which is not much more exciting. But we yeah. actually do put the the words up on the screen, so you can read them along. <laughs> so. Oh well, Dr. Peter, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and it is great to be here with you, Dr. Jerry. It is great to be here with all of you, our audience. It's a blessing to have you with us. And, you know, that this whole thing about prayer, I think, is just so, so important. And when I was reading these readings, I was like, I was like, um, I was like, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole catechesis here about the nature of God. There's a whole catechesis here about the nature of God in the first reading in wisdom. And so mm-hmm. that struck me. And I, I and so I always like, well, what's that's that first impression. So I was curious about like what really struck you, like at first glance, when you look at these readings for the 16th century in ordinary time. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the reading on wisdom, which I think is such an interesting book, which I know it's deuterocanical, I believe, right? So right. any of our Protestant listeners may not even be that familiar with it. Um, but it's really interesting because it talks about God and it talks about how he has, of course, power and mastery over the universe. And it's, he's the source of justice and might, and he can condemn. And yet it, it makes the point that he judges with, I think it uses the word clemency and he, and lenience even. Right. And, and, and kindness. And it really brings home that point to me. I feel like. Our, a lot of our leadership, our political leadership, um, lacks that sense that yes, you have power, but you are kind, lenient. You bring, and it just feels like a, a positive kind of paternal care for the people that you serve. And I think God sets that example, which is so cool. Well, and I, th- I think that 
the reason that this gets so emphasized in the Book of Wisdom, and it's also emphasized in Psalm 86, which is our responsorial psalm, you know, mm -hmm. Lord, you are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. It's, it's kind of for two things. One is, two reasons. One is, you know, when you look at the times when these readings were being written down, I mean, the ancient gods were kind of brutal. You know, mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, the, the Hebrews were, were, you know, in an environment in which human sacrifice was still common, um, to, to angry gods. I mean, these are things that are being revealed to us because we don't know them without God telling us, you know, without God sharing that with us. It's not something that's going to come to us naturally because of the way that we distort things. So the idea that, you know, that God is actually you know, gently sharing with us who he is. The first thing that happened when we sinned in the Garden of Eden, right, Adam and Eve, is that they fled from God and they hid from him, right? It's that, that, that came in and now we're, you know, now we, because of the effects of sin, we distort everything about God, you know, about, mm -hmm. about these things. So we've got to relearn it and we've got to relearn it experientially. We actually have to learn it not like we would learn algebra, not like we would learn about, you know, um, you know, about chemistry. We actually have to learn that experientially. We have to enter into the relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, the way we do that is primarily through prayer and the sacraments. Those are the ordinary means of connecting with God. And that's why I was thinking about praying badly. And G.K. Chesterton has this quote, and, it, and it's, from, um, it's from his book, What's Wrong with the World, that came out in 1910. Um, and he says that if a thing is worth doing... It's worth doing badly. And I just, I just love that quote, right? And, I, and because I think about things like breathing, right? I mean, I would much rather breathe badly than to not breathe at all. And I think for me and for lots of people, you know, we've gotten the message that if something's worth doing, it's worth doing well, or it's worth doing, you know, it's worth mm -hmm. doing perfectly. And that can actually hold us back you know, from actually trying things because we may not feel competent at them. We may feel a sense of shame about how we, you know, how we do. We maybe have performance anxiety and not feel like we're doing this well. And so we may, we may avoid things that, yeah. um, that are difficult. Well, Peter, think about souls and hearts because <laughs> we're a couple of therapists. We decided to do this. We're going to do a podcast. No idea. I'm an introvert. You know, <laughs> want people to see me. <laughs> or talk. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've had right. lots of some ex lots of experience now talking in front of people, right. but just the right. idea of doing that to right. some unknown audience is right. was frightening. And I look back at some of our early be with the words, and I think we've improved. We've improved a lot. But there was lots of room for improvement, and still is. But yeah, for sure. And there still is. But you know what? We if we believe in it, we just have yeah. to kind of trust and just right. do it and be okay to do it badly at first because it's, we feel prompted by God to do it. And I think that's what the reason that's, that's, us. that's what comes down. He wants to use imperfect instruments like us, you know, to get this message out. And you know what? I mean, the audience, you guys have been really good to us. There's been so many positive compliments that we've gotten 
and you've been really forgiving with all of our, you know, foibles and, you know, stuff that, you know, we're not all our imperfections and the, the fact that we're not professionals at this, you know, is um, so that's been a blessing too. like, we're all kind of in this, you know, together. So, um, so that's been a blessing. That's really been a blessing. So we're going to do these things. And the most important things that we can do are the things that are the hardest to do well. You know, like who says, for example, what saint says, you know, I really pray well. I, I've really, I'm really a master of prayer. I, I have actually, I have actually come this close to perfection in my prayer. You know, <laughs> saints don't say that, you right. know, or who says about, you know, loving one's spouse. You know, I love my spouse very perfectly, very efficiently. Um, you know, very effectively. I'm a very effective um, in my charity towards my, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, right? So these things that are so important, we're going to have to give up our desires for perfection and sometimes our desires for competence even, right? Um, right. So, that can be really hard for a lot of people, right? If they, yeah, yeah. If they do have it, it's either an on or off switch. I'm going to do it right. perfectly or not, you know, mm-hmm. in which case your examples are perfect. You know what, God just, you know, we have to love, our spouse, our friends, our children, whatnot. And, 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 and we just have to be okay with the fact that we're, it's a learning curve. Um, I, I, you know, it's hitting me though in the reading in Romans, right? It says, we do, uh, uh, we do not know how to pray as we ought. Right. So it's basically saying, St. Paul is basically saying, yeah, you can't pray well, you don't pray well. But the Spirit himself intercedes with inexpressible groanings. So isn't right. it comforting to know that we're kind of, he's got our back. <laughs> the the Spirit know? has our back. Right. Well, first of all, Paul is saying we, right? He's including himself. He's including right. himself in that. And, that, and the, the, what you said right there is that the Spirit is not only going to show us, you know, how to pray. But the Spirit is also going to intercede for us. He's going to help us with with the whole endeavor. And you know what that made me think of? You know what that made me think of is, you know, just how little children are first learning to talk, you know, first learning to communicate. When they're, you know, 18 months old, 14 months old, you start getting those first few words. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about a good father. You know, and how a good father helps that child along in, in learning to communicate, right? The father isn't sitting there, kind of a good father isn't sitting there with arms crossed, you know, saying, hey, your grammar is wrong and your diction is poor, you know, and you, you've, you've got to be better than this. Or I'm just not going to talk to you. No, a good father is like really encouraging, you know, trying to make sense out of what the child's meaning is and helping the child you know, in ways that, that, you know, bring that child to a better level of, of communication because of the love that the father has for the child, right? So there's all this help, helping not only with, you know, diction and grammar and all those things that go into verbal expression, but also helping with intention, helping the child to figure out, you know, kind of what's happening in relationships. So, and God's like that with us. Remember, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them right? For the kingdom of God is made up of such as these. And I think a lot of times we don't actually approach God that way, you know, when we pray. We, you know, so there can be an issue around humility here, you know, to say, yeah, we don't know how to pray as we ought. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that that was, I, I picked up on that line out of Romans as well. It's like, wow. You know, it's, 
Yeah, yeah. It's funny. We've had some people even reach out to us, um, you know, listening to Be With The Word and and your uh, podcast on um, coronavirus. The coronavirus crisis, yeah. Um, yeah. About praying. And some people are really stuck between like, you know, I have all these disciplines, but sometimes it feels hollow or sometimes it feels too much. We don't want to do them. Mm-hmm. And what do I do? And do I like give them all up and stop praying or, uh, or do, do I just like jettison all those things or, or what, or is there some other way? And here's my, you know, I think my answer to that, um, to, I'm thinking of one particular person was, um, you know, we need some discipline, right? Like we, I, I feel like there needs to be an anchor. Like I've been, right. you know, like right. I know your family prays the rosary together. I had right. the pl- pleasure of, uh, you know, seeing you guys, being with you guys as you pray the rosary together as a family, I just think that is so beautiful. And it creates like a consistency every night. It can, right. It's an anchor, if you will. Right. But there also needs to be freedom for personal prayer and exploring different options and, and different personalities or attracted to different kinds of prayer and different times of life or things you're going through might call for a different kind of prayer. So there also needs to be a place, I think, for flexibility and exploration. I think we need to remember that, yeah, I think we need to remember that prayer is all about relationship with God, right? You know, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the old saying, you know, he looks at me and I look at him. I think this is one of the, 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 the parishioners of the Curie of ours said that, you know, sitting in the back of the parish church, you know, he looks at me, I look at him. So the prayer is to foster a relationship. Uh, you know, somebody once told me we were talking about prayer and he was talking about praying after mass. And he says, yeah, I really, I, I, I just, I just, I, I, I look forward to getting through my prayers so that I can be with God, you know, <laughs> like to getting through my prayers, right. So that I can be with God. He had a list mm-hmm. of things that he would pray, like a set of prayer cards and stuff that he would pray through, yeah, yeah. you know, but somehow that was disconnected from God. And he heard himself saying that and was like, whoa, that's. There's, there's something, there's something off here. Right. So that's, I agree with you. But again, if we just are going to wing it, you know, that often is not enough to, to actually bring us into relationship because it's so easy for this to get pushed to the side. So that balance between structure. And for me, a lot of times it's structure around time, you know, just setting aside the time and then having some flexibility within that time to see what the calls are, what the touches are, what the relational aspects are that happen in that prayer. Yeah. No, it's funny. I, I, I remember, um, I can't remember which nun it was. It was an Orthodox, I'm not sure, I think Greek, but I'm not sure, Orthodox nun I was listening to at one point and about talking about prayer and, and she's in a monastery and, and they were asking her like, how much do you pray from the you know prayer book? You know, the, the morning prayers and the activists mm-hmm. and various things. And she said, sometimes I will just pray and I'll start the Our Father. I'll just say Our Father. And that's the rest of my prayer for the next hour. Right. You know what I mean? Like, she's not saying that's what she does every day, but she's saying, you know, sometimes if, if I, if, if I get to our father and I contemplate that and somehow now I'm connected to God and I'm relating to him as father and whatnot, sometimes that's all I need. (laughs) You know what I mean? Which is to your point, like not to get through the prayers. So then you can connect. Maybe those prayers are only there in order to connect. As as a means. Yeah. And they they don't need to be turned into an idol. Right. Yes. Um, 
you know, right. we have to be careful about that, that that all be tempered with, you know, with charity, you know, that that all be in, in, in charity. So, so, but I think we need the freedom to be able to try new things in prayer. Uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I hear about people's prayer lives being really stale, you know, because they've been kind of doing the same thing. And, and you know, as you move in the, through the spiritual life, I would expect that prayer lives are going to change depending on, you know, kind of where you're at. So, um, so I really, well, by, again, by the way, do you, do you know what I've been having fun with lately? Tell me what you've been having fun with lately. <laughs> um, really just the last few months, um, ever since I discovered that I could actually hit some notes when I go low, when I go like three <laughs> octaves lower than how the music's written. Um, well, and that's because you're a double, stuck. you're a double bass. You're a double bass is what that's this right. is. That's you right. That's right, so so i've been having and usually a lot of hymns like a lot of the songs that i grew up with which god bless them i'm so sick of them but um (laughs) i never want to hear pieces flowing like a river ever again in my life (laughs) however you know there were some songs as as much as you know we can make fun of them now that actually did really move me i remember being very spiritually moved by on eagle's wings uh when i was a kid but on eagle's wings is normally sung like you know uh and I will raise you up. Like, like you can't, I can't even hit that, right? To save my life. But what I've, because I was raised on all those kind of hippie songs, I, I did it. I missed out on, on classic hymns. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I've been in this journey of discovering how beautiful they are and how rich the, the words are. And so I've been like, trying to take like maybe a different hymn once a month or so and i'll learn like i go and i find it i look it up i see the different versions that exist i i like um try to figure out you know like the little the history like be thou my vision is one i was stuck on actually for more than a month like my wife is starting to get sick of hearing me (laughs) sing it in the shower and everything but you know because it's sort of this but i like the history of it it's like some monk who lost apparently some irish or celtic monk who lived in some monastery and lost his vision, vision the story yeah. goes. And, and so God becomes his vision and he writes this beautiful hymn and it's this interesting Celtic melody. So, but then I get practicing and it becomes that hymn became like, an, you know, my prayer and I moved on to other hymns after. And it's like, I don't know, it's, enri- it's just one way that my prayer life has been enriched. And for somebody else that might not work for them. Right. There might be another prayer form or something to explore that would work for someone else. Well, and I and it brings me to the idea of, again, like being childlike in our prayer. Right. I mean, you're playing right with these songs. There's a Mm. sense of play that's coming in here. And that's that's one of the hallmarks of being childlike is that, you know, when you sing, I'm sort of envisioning you as playing with God, you know, Mm. playing with God, you know, um, and, and what a beautiful thing, because that's one of the ways that children relate mm. with, with loving fathers, right? They play together because that's how children learn about the world. That's how they inform their experience. You know, they get informed by experience through, 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 through playing. So that's just really beautiful. That's just really mm. beautiful. So that spontaneity, you know, that, uh, and that was not how I used to pray. I mean, there was a time in my life where I was very, very, you know about this, where I was very, I do. <laughs> rigid, very rigid about prayer. So I would like, I had come up with what was with essentially what was a prayer tithe, 
right? So I, I would set aside 1.6 hours per day because that's 10% of my waking hours and considered, you know, maybe it should be 2.4 if I were really generous because that's 10% of 24 hours. And I would pray actually in Latin, the, um, the, uh, the old, the old um, breviary except for the mm-hmm. office of reading as what was the equivalent of the office of readings. And uh, that took, that took a long time and it, but it was, it felt like I was performing it well. Right. So this is like mm-hmm. kind of near and dear to me. This is part of the reason why, you know, this idea of praying badly was like really important to me because at one point a spiritual director said, my spiritual director said, what are you, what is this about? Let's set that aside. You know, because he understood that, that I was caught up in the form not in the not in the not in the relational aspects of it but for me um you know that was hard to trust it was hard to trust that um that what god really wanted was a relationship from me and not a good performance in prayer mm-hmm. and so um so there was a sort of sense of safety and comfort in the familiarity of these forms that were the you know the official prayer of the church and and you know liturgical prayer and so on and so forth so so you know i i really want to encourage people to to take some risks in that prayer relational risks um to to think about like what kind of gets in the way of 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 that spontaneity that childlike mm-hmm. spontaneity you know kids always say you know the funniest things you know how that spontaneity brings a lot of life and joy into families you know that's what i think we need to be bringing into our into our our prayer um mm-hmm. do we so. want to say anything about the parable cuz oh yeah we got to say some things about the parable that. Well, you know, I'm I I I love to go back to I like to read different translations, and I actually go back and read the Latin sometimes for these. And what struck me in the Latin was this word, um, zizania. Zizania is translated in almost all translations as weeds, right? So now this is the parable where. Um, the sower went out into the field and sowed good seed, right? But then the enemy came in and sowed weeds among the seed, right? But he didn't mm-hmm. sow weeds in the sort of generic word weeds. He sowed zizania, which is actually translated as um, Darnell ryegrass, okay? Um, and what that is, is it's sometimes called fake wheat or false wheat. It's actually very similar um, morphologically to wheat. It looks very much like wheat. So it grows to about three feet high, just like wheat does. It's very similar to wheat. can be very hard for people that aren't familiar to tell the difference. Um, but it's interesting that the main difference is in the seeds, like in the wheat kernels, right? The wheat kernels are brown and the Darnell ryegrass, so the, the, the Zizania, uh, kernels are black. And this whole business of sowing this stuff, like it was a thing 2000 years ago like the roman roman law actually prescribed specific penalties for sowing zizania in uh in wheat fields like it, they actually had like prescriptions about that just to make clear like what i think what you're saying and what i understood is people would put this crap in other people's fields in other people's wreck, yeah wreck it was a their- way to- Crop. To wreck their harvest, to wreck their harvest, so, right? Because, because it does intertwine. You know, this stuff has grown pretty densely. It does intertwine, and there wasn't ways to readily separate the um, the seed from the the darnell ryegrass from the wheat. 
you would actually have to do it grain by grain in order to in order to not and this actually this stuff actually could grow a kind of um uh, a kind of microbe on it um that would um lead to a form of intoxication kind of like um <laughs> kind of like what happened what some what some people theorize happened in Salem you know that led to like some hallucinations and so forth there's a way that it can ferment and stuff like that oh, it can actually that. be really harmful and can be hallucinogenic so there's like you know there's like all these things that are wrapped up actually in the 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 story that we might not that we might not think about but well, i was thinking Peter, about i appreciate that we're getting a botany <laughs> lesson here in, in well um, you know all things farming right i mean i'm just gonna you know yeah i you know but but what's interesting is that i was thinking about like how it can be really difficult looking from the outside to recognize what really is good wheat and Mm. what is the darnell ryegrass right and about how like in our day and age there have been many uh many plants that have been mistaken for good wheat i'm thinking about for example the former former cardinal uh theodore mccarrick right looks really good is you know very public persona so on and so forth but the uh the the fruit right is where you can tell the difference and you know many times people have been disappointed by um by by people in the church or by people that have appeared holy you know but who have had this dark this dark side to them or this dark interior uh, when, when, when push came to shove. So, you know, when yeah. things were revealed. So yeah. that was really sort of weighing on me as I read about this. Or I was thinking about that as I was reading about this. You know, it's funny too, because, um, you know, I've had a certain amount of experience with, you know, um, Regnum Christi, the Legion of right. Christ, Legion and, of Christ. And they had the whole yeah. Father Mastiel, who was their right. founder, who turned out to be, um, you know, rather depraved. And, and and but the order like did a lot of outwardly good things, and I can recall in Regnum Christi like you know having a bunch of prayers you had to do every day. Like there was a sort of like a checklist, and you kind of had to you checked in that you did all those things, and and that isn't objectively wrong at all, right? Like having right. a list of prayers that you try to do every day is not by right. itself a right. problem, except you know uh, um, there was a heart missing it seemed to me um, and many good people in that in that community uh, really had a good heart I believe and and really did um, live that out sincerely um, but it would be easy to, to put on the outward front that things that you're doing all these good things and you appear to be good and you hear, appear to be holy when in fact you have other motives and I right. feel like that really is what this, parable is kind of saying but what it says as well though um is that that i at least i get out of it is that we don't need to worry about it i mean yes on some level if we encounter sinful problematic things they need to be called out and fixed but but ultimately christ is going to separate those out right and he's going to take care of it right and we don't need to be consumed with anxiety and worry about it we just need to trust in him and and just make sure our hearts are in the right place um and and that he's going you know he will take care um and that's a very comforting thing and it ties in with the other readings to understand you know in 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 the romans it's saying you know pray as best as you can you don't have to be perfect the holy spirit will take care of the rest and the first reading wisdom it's like you know what god's a good god and he's he's going to treat you with lenience and kindness ultimately but it seems to be if your heart is is in the right place 
right? And that's, that's right. our job is to make sure our heart is in the right place. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, from a psychological perspective, right, the kinds of things that keep us from trusting generally are often the kinds of things that get in the way of us trusting God, right? right. The kinds of things that keep us from, you know, being spontaneous you know, relationally are often the kinds of things that we have trouble with in our relationship with God. And so, you know, I'm thinking about like, what, um, what can, um, what can we do, right, to get better at, this sounds again funny, to get better at praying badly, right, to get away from our perfectionistic ways of praying, you know, or maybe our really comfortable, familiar ways. And what, how can we like take some risks, right? And it goes back to that issues about trust, so here's, here's what I'm proposing. Here's what I'm proposing for all of you is to really take to prayer and to God in prayer. Or if that's really difficult for some people, a lot of people have a lot of trouble praying to God the Father, especially. So this mm-hmm. could be also prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary or to one of the saints, uh, St. Joseph uh, or your guardian angel. But to take to prayer the things that are difficult about prayer. And to be willing to pray badly. You know, if you look at the example of our Lord, he really connected with the people who related to him earnestly, honestly, in his heartfelt way, but that were criticized by other people, you know, that other people would have said related to him badly. You know, like, for example, Mary Magdalene, you know, clinging to his feet you know, and, you know, and, and, and washing his, his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. And, you know, like this very earthy, human, spontaneous way. And he, you know, he, he protected her from the criticism and defended her. Right. So, you know, and the beggars and the lepers, you know, the tax collectors and the prostitutes, you know, these are the people who are coming to him with those broken contrite hearts, right? A humble contrite heart you will not spurn. Um, this is this is where we need to be earthy. We need to be real. We need to be honest, you know, and it's hard for some of us to do that because we have experience in relationship where if we did bring those things to important people in our lives in the past, it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. accepted. Right. So we've sometimes generalized that and we've incorporated that into how we see God. So he's telling us here, that's not how I am. That's not how I am. You know, I'm rich in kindness. You know, I'm merciful. I'm lenient and clemency, like you brought up in the first reading. And I'm going to help you relate to me like that, like that good father, you know, teaching that child to, to talk, helping that child communicate. And how encouraging is that? And like it says in, in wisdom, you know, the children will have hope. You know, when you know your father loves you that way, it isn't an oppressive burden. It's not like in what was the readings we did? Uh, I forget if it was last week or the week before, but about the yoke. Right. Be easy. Right. It's a good fitting. It's well fitting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like this is all tailored to us. You know, this is all, you know, this is all about, um, this is all about God knowing who we are and what we need and all things working together for good, you know, for those mm-hmm. who love him, who, for those who love the Lord. Can we, can we hold on to that? 
So the yeah. challenge here is to uh-huh. um, the challenge here is to try one new thing in your prayer. You know, right. something that's gonna like bring you that you think might bring you to that deeper level, right? And um, Can I add at- here, if if you do that, because this is Dr. Peter's giving you the action item, if, right. if 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 you do that, I would we would love to hear what it is. Like my, I just shared one, which was doing these hymns. Right. right, right. If you come up with something, I really want to know what it is, what your new thing is, and and whether or not it worked or not, or whether you thought it was helpful or not. Right? Because I hope you'll share that to us in the yeah, comments. Yeah, send it to us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, either on YouTube, you can put comments, you can put comments on our website, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know because you know, we're here to help strengthen each other, right? And to, to you know, I'm always edified when people take those take those leaps in prayer and they're connecting with God in a, in a deeper way. And remember that this is really pleasing to God. And you may not feel that in your bones. You may not have a deep emotional sense of that or a deep intuitive sense of that, you know, mm-hmm. but it really pleases God when we reach out to him in these ways. And when he sees our desire to connect, to connect with him. And so, um, you know, and if we, and if you get off some, Let's say that you go down a path and it doesn't really work out. Remember, there's all these passages in scripture about how he leaves the 99 sheep to go off and uh, and look for the one that that strayed, right? So even if you're even if you're you know something in your prayer didn't work out very well, you know he's going to come look for you, just like he looked for Adam and Eve immediately after they sinned. You know, I love that imagery of him walking in the cool of the day. Adam and Eve had just eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They realized their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. They hid in they hid in the shrubs, you know. And God came walking in the cool of the day, calling out to them, not because he didn't know where they were. He's omniscient. He knows exactly where they are. He's letting them know he's coming, right? He's he's understanding their how distraught they are and how how traumatized they are by their sin, you know, and he's gentle with them. You know, he never curses them. He curses the curses the ground. He condemns the serpent, but he doesn't curse them. You know, so so that's the struggle I think for us is to tolerate being small enough, young enough, childlike enough to receive the love of the Father, rather than to be you know self sufficient, right? Or to be working real hard in prayer to build something that's worthy of God. And we're never going to achieve that. So, um, so yeah. All right. So we have an action item, which is to try something new. Uh, yeah, to take a hope, risk and take it there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We hope that you understood our meaning and you got to pray badly. <laughs> everything <laughs> doing is worth doing badly, like me singing in church, right? And so uh, we need to get over our perfectionism and. Right. Just launch and, in there and, and do over, it. And to, and, to, and to understand that God understands whatever else might be getting in the way too and to bring that to him. That's actually, they can bring up trailheads for, for work. Like, uh, you know, if it's shame, right? Or feeling unworthy or whatever those things are, it's going to evoke that so that that can come into the relationship so God can heal that too. 
Absolutely. You know, that's what we want is the experience of, of, of relationship. That's what's going to heal us. It's the relational things that are going to, it's the relationship that's going to heal. It's the love and the relationship that's going to heal us. So. so speaking of relationships, if you're enjoying your relationship with us and be with the word, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe and share and let everybody know about it. And uh, so we can grow our community and get our message out. And it's really hope- hard. It's really hard for us to get the message out. I had no idea how much noise there is in the internet. Like it's, you know, it's really hard for us to even get noticed. So somehow you found us. And if you can pass this on to other people that you think might benefit from it, that, that is a gift. That is a gift to the other people. It's a gift to us. Um, and it's a, and it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, definitely yeah. share us with, with those that you and, know. And if you haven't already, go to soulsandhearts.com and register with us and that way you'll get our weekly skim it'll tell you about all of our podcasts our courses our community all the different things that are going on because we're continually growing and every week we have different blogs and all of these interestingly different uh mental health professionals or or other related professions um i thought the one on discernment by uh was it john fazzy is it who's a canon lawyer that came out a while ago was an interesting take and you know, every week we have something new. So, uh, well, we have multiple things new every week. We have new material coming out, you know, at least three and usually four, sometimes five times a week. So yeah. you, you we're happening. It's happening over at souls and hearts.com. <laughs> we want to be, we want to be the number one place where we are shoring up the natural foundation for the spiritual life. You know, we're really focusing on that natural foundation because grace perfects nature. So we're really want focusing on strengthening that, like John the Baptist, right? Preparing the way for the Lord, preparing our human formation, our natural formation for our spiritual lives uh, to, to have that solid base. That's And if that's what you're interested in, if you really want that for yourselves, then there's no better place on the internet to, to really get that than us. I don't think so. And that's by the grace of God. So, (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So join us next week. We'll have another. uh, We'll be exploring the readings again. And join us and hear the word. Also to listen to the readings read to you. And join us in all the things we're doing, we hope. All right. Until next time. Be still. Believe. Be Be loved. loved. Take good care. God bless you all.